We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Uh, welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. It is Wednesday night, and it's time for an episode of Mile High Insiders. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, on these Wednesday evening shows, my good friend Luke Patterson. Luke, how you doing? How are things in Colorado? You, you frozen? Good. You thawed? Are you out? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, man, it snowed a little bit today, but then it was dried up by about noon. So that's the weather in the Mile High City here for you. Longest stretch in 11 years that snow has been on the ground for consecutive hmm. days. I forget the consecutive day mark, but uh, it's like icy wet snow because it's been melting for weeks now, but it's mm-hmm. just not quite warm enough to get rid of it. But I'm doing good, man. Tons of news in Broncos country and really the first off-season week, if you will. And you've got Broncos, multiple Broncos getting awards. We're going to talk about that. And obviously the head coaching search uh, marches on down there at UC Health Training Center. Jim Caldwell in the house today. Yeah, absolutely. News going on here. Some accolades for an otherwise disappointing season. But uh, first of all, you guys never disappoint. We got the eyeballs trickling but trickling in, but let's get those thumbs up, those like reactions on Facebook and YouTube. And let's say hello to some people in the chat, like Dylan propping us up here saying, sup Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in. Share and subscribe if you haven't already. We got our guy Jay Gonzaga coming in saying, go Broncos. Uh, he says he's still rooting for Jim to be our next head coach. Well, you might need to use more than a first name now because uh, we have two Jims. Uh, we have Jim Caldwell Ooh. and uh, Jim Harbaugh now. I know I always I joke around about more, about more about the Jimmys and the Joes versus the X and X's and O's. Well, Jim Harbaugh <laughs> and Jim Caldwell, I guess it is about the Jimmys and the Joes both ways. Uh, but uh, I can hear Jay. Jimmy. If for all you, you know, white men can't jump when that's one of my favorite movies ever. Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson. What a dynamic duo, dude. Absolutely love it. Uh, yeah, crazy. I didn't think about that. Two gyms now uh, being candidates. Jim Harbaugh, obviously a favorite in Broncos country. I think I could definitively say that, right? It seems like there are three big fish. We'll talk about those three big fish, including um possibly jim caldwell if he's on your list we'll talk about that a little later in the show but thanks for uh tuning in jay we got two jays in the house speaking of two gyms two jays jay gonzaga and jay kozad coming in saying patience isn't a virtue with me i would be wanting to name a coach by the end of the week before med more head coaching jobs open i hear you jay it's tough to sit back and just kind of sift through the news day in and day out and wait but you're going to wait, especially for some of these candidates, especially with that January 17th rule um, where current NFL tied or bound coaches have to wait until January 17th, which is seven days from today. Yeah. And that's for any in-person interviews. You can still zoom meet with player or coaches and whatnot. At least that's my understanding, Uh, but we'll see what happens. And I hear you with the patience isn't a virtue of yours, Jay, but this is the new rules, uh, which the NFL set up and everybody's playing by that. There maybe will be some new spots open up, but I don't think it changes the landscape so much, especially with like news today, like Sean Payton apparently saying he might wait a year uh, if there's no spots he likes open when there's been multiple teams now that have reached out about bringing him in. Uh, Texans and Cardinals came out today that they have requested an interview him as well, and obviously the Broncos a while ago. We got Michaela 
Israel coming in here saying good evening, Broncos country. Always good to see Michaela. Appreciate you coming in. Hope you're doing well. And I uh, hope you had a good week. Happy hump day. We got through it. Uh, <laughs> I'm almost through it. Appreciate you. We also got Todd coming in saying Michigan can't match the Broncos owners can pony up for Harbaugh. They can't, mm. but it does sound like that Harbaugh, he wants to do it his way. Um, I think it's probably a little bit of PTSD, uh, not to use that term lightly, but, you know, just kind of how things went down with him with the 49ers. Uh, he didn't have the control and power that he wanted, and it turned into a power struggle with ownership group Jed York. Uh, they're the owner in the 49ers and Trent Balky, who's now the general manager of a playoff bound uh Jacksonville Jaguars team. So Har Harbaugh wants more power. And I think that's one of the reasons that there's a lot of connection and flirtation with Carolina early. And it went away pretty quickly after they talked. I think it has a lot to do with not with finances power. Yeah. What can you have that nobody else has power and money? Uh, that's exactly what it's about. And Jim Harbaugh wants to get paid more. He's beefing with, I think, Ward Manual or Ward A Manual is the AD over at Michigan. Joel Klatt talked about it on the fan this morning. It was really, really interesting coming at it from a Fox College analyst perspective, saying he thinks Jim Harbaugh is trying to leverage Michigan into getting some more power and getting some more control. And I get that there are some violations for what, buying a recruit a burger or something like that. Weird things happen. practice. Yeah. yeah, weird things happen in college football, man, and stuff like that bothers me and kind of turns me off to it a little bit, but it happens everywhere. Cheating happens in the NFL. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. That saying is there for a reason. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see Todd coming in. Yeah, the Michigan, I, I hear you, Michigan money versus Broncos money. Broncos have more of it, but I ask you, Nick, and I ask Broncos country too, if Jim Harbaugh, and we're just speculating because we have no idea. I mean, Sean Payton could try to be leveraging things. All these guys should oh, be trying to sure. leveraging things because you have to ultimately look out for number one, and that's you. Uh, Deion Sanders said it best. I mean, head coaches get fired. At some point, you're going to get fired. So these guys that have options, they're going to choose wisely. So if Jim Harbaugh, uh, Harbaugh, if it comes out, in fact, he is trying to leverage Michigan into some more money, some more power, Michigan doesn't flex. He comes to the NFL for the Broncos. I feel like he's coming to the league for the wrong reasons. I don't know if I'm as excited about Jim Harbaugh, if that, in fact, kind of comes to fruition or you hear reports leaked about that. It bothers me a little bit because I feel like the Broncos should be number one. Money and power and setting yourself up for the best situation and leveraging leveraging multiple situations off each other. Harbaugh just playing hardball. I don't blame him for it. I would do the same thing. David Knucklerath coming in saying, good evening, Broncos country. Nick, Luke, and Deacon Scott. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. We appreciate you. We got Ten Tenley Cassidy coming in. A cute little pit doggo pick there. We appreciate that. Saying Broncos country, let's ride. Our guy, Paul. Paulie, how you doing, buddy? Says, hello, Nick, Luke, and Scott. Good to see you, Paul. Hope you're doing well. Richard Miles with the beautiful eagle picture. Always appreciate that nature photography there. Uh, it says, hey, guys. Good to see you, Richard. Hope you're doing well. And Todd coming back in saying, deal sweeteners is what the Broncos can do all day long. They can give more power and influence <laughs> and yeah. than pretty much any other team and anything that you could possibly want within the realm of finances, you can have. Uh, we've talked about it before on here when before Jim Harbaugh was even actually linked to the Broncos. I'm not sure if it was Scott and I or you and I, Luke or Carl, but talking about Jim Harbaugh, well, why would he want to leave? He says he doesn't want to leave Michigan. NCAA football has become a 365 business, and it's not only that you're having to go into these high school players' houses and recruit them. Now you have to recruit your own players and the transfer portal. I mean, it, it never ends. You see a lot of these coaches at season's end. Guess what? They're in Cabo. They're in Tahiti. They're off to Hawaii. College coaches, nah, hell no. It's transfer portal season. We got to make sure our own guys are getting here. You're dealing with boosters. You're dealing with the athletic department. You're dealing with your coaching staff. You're dealing NIL. with collectives via the NIL. Yeah, it's there is so much uh, involved in college football now that's not the actual X's and O's of football itself. It's it's a machine. Uh, so we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. I, he's still my number one personally, uh, but, mm. you know, I I could be the number of these guys are qualified candidates. Uh, that's the, and I'm eager to see how it plays out. Kevin Gray coming in evening Broncos country, Nick, Luke, and Scott. Just want to hear from you all. Good to hear you, Kevin. Want to hear from you guys too. Of course, coming in here, we got our guy, Greg Smith saying good evening, Broncos country. We appreciate you. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Alessandra, how are you doing? Saying, I'm starting to think we can be patient and get the head coach we need. I think they're going to be patient. Uh, They're going to think we'll probably have one. How long do you think after that January 17th date Mm. uh, do we hear a name? That's the real question. Oh, man, that's a really good 72 hours. Let's go three days from there. Three days. I'd say that's a decent window. I would hope it's not anything longer than that. What's up, Mike? Coming in from Arizona. Um, Stars. Thank you so much, Mike. Happy holidays to you and yours. Good to see us. And good evening, Nick, Luke, and Scott and the Mile High Insiders. Go Broncos. Um, Yeah, Mike, you down there in Arizona, right? You guys are dealing with some head coaching changes. Cliff Kingsbury is out. Um, You mentioned it earlier, Sean Payton. Those requests are coming in from teams like the Cardinals (laughs) wanting to interview with this cat, Carolina. Um, It's going to be a fast and furious list, especially as the playoffs goes on and seven days passes. I mean... I think three days is a fair window. But for me, my number one guy is Sean Payton. I'm curious about Jim Harbaugh, though. I really am. Uh, I I would love to see him and Russell Wilson clash. I I don't think that would go immediately very smooth. I think those guys would have to warm up to each other a little bit because they each kind of march to the beat of their own drum so Mm -hmm. to speak, and they got to learn each other's beats if that's going to be the case. I'm happy that it should be a splash move. But I ask you, Jim Caldwell, I didn't see that one coming. I mean, he'd been speculated for a bit, you know, he's good. I uh, think 73 year old had multiple head coaching positions. I mean, absolutely wild in the Aaron Rodgers era, NFC North. He led the Detroit lions to the playoffs and three out of four seasons with a winning record. Let me repeat that again. The Detroit lions three out of four seasons. Winning he's 67. Record. Give him, give him Six, some age, me, some years me. back. 73. He's, he's 67 years young, excuse Nick. Me. 67. <laughs> um, he's did a good Iowa. job with Indianapolis. Ugh, you beat me to it. Uh, he did a good job with Indianapolis, of course, uh, underneath the Peyton Manning. Apparently Peyton Manning and him are very tight. Uh, did a good job as the offensive coordinator for the Ravens for a few years as well, including that Super Bowl run when Joe Flacco went unconscious in the playoffs. I kind of blur that one out. 2012, uh, what happened? I don't remember. Ooh, I just remember the regular that. season. Uh, and then also the uh, head coach of the Lions and former uh, defensive back for the Iowa Hawkeyes. So uh, definitely enjoy call the ball. I think for me, He's tier two of the options that have been available so far. And obviously we keep getting these two names thrown at us and rightfully so Jim Harbaugh and Sean Payton tier one. After that, it seems like Dan Quinn is the top of tier two for the Broncos. We'll see if that happens. And then I would put personally D'Amico Ryans and Jim Caldwell uh, right there with Dan Quinn. Yeah, I'm curious about Dan Quinn also. Really curious about the Cowboys here in the postseason. What if Mike McCarthy gets the axe? Does Dan Quinn automatically become the favorite at that position? Does Jerry just want to promote him, or does Jerry want to make a spectacle of his Dallas Cowboys and open the head coaching search? That'll be interesting as well. So so as time presses on, I mean, you said it earlier, in seven days we're going to know a lot more, but it feels like here in Broncos country we know a lot more on a day-to-day basis. What, yeah, Jim Harbaugh interview virtually for two hours with the Denver Broncos goes on monday night um tuesday who did they ejero evero i think is was the candidate that day that was interviewed he's going to be a hot name i'm wondering if he's going to take the houston texans job try to turn that team around uh wish him good luck i don't think he's going to stay here in denver and then you have jim caldwell today so kind of makes you wonder what's going to happen tomorrow who's going to be the next guy tomorrow jim caldwell for me i agree he's kind of that tier two candidate but don't overlook him maybe he could be involved with this organization with a different head coach uh we've seen the broncos go that route specifically with john elway where mike munchak interviewed for the head coaching position i really wanted him to get that gig and he ended up being the offensive line coach. So it's always yeah. cool when you can broaden that network and broaden that uh, net, as George Payton mentioned earlier. Yeah, 
100% broadening our net today. Phil McLaughlin coming in with the stars on Facebook. Thank you so much, Phil. You're a star saying evening, Nick Luke and Deacon Scott. How many offensive line guys do we keep? We are drafting a quarterback, right? Go Broncos, uh, <laughs> MHH for life. Broncos probably should draft a quarterback, but it's probably more of yeah. the Brett Rippon replacement type or a round or a quarterback three on the depth chart, you know, development project. Yeah. Project or just somebody, you know, even though they develop into a solid backup quarterback, that's, that's value um, in today's NFL. You, most quarterbacks don't finish a whole season, especially now that we have an extra uh, extra game. Quarterbacks are running more. I mean, there's just, yeah. it's good to have good depth and talent in there. So they should be drafting, looking to draft a quarterback. I don't think it's a round one perspective this season, No, but definitely a considerate as far as how many offensive line guys, the Broncos will keep in the only one. I feel super confident in saying he will be back next year is Quinn Miners. After that, you have a lot, a lot of conversation. I think it's pretty safe to say Bulls will be back, but his contract is fungible. Uh, you could move some stuff around to keep him around. I would be shocked if the Broncos didn't approach him with a restructure. And after that, I mean, question mark, is Lloyd Cushenberry going to be back? He's not super versatile. Uh, if he's going to be a backup, that's not really a good guy to have if he can only play the center position. Uh, Grant Glasgow's no. contract is not great. Uh, maybe you keep him as like your six, because he is versatile. If you approach him with a super cheap, kind of restructure as a backup into your offensive lineman. I'm fine with Graham. I think he'd be fine there. But uh, what do you think, Luke? Yeah, I hear you. I think Dalton Reisner's probably played his last down for the Denver Broncos. I think he's going to go somewhere else and get paid. For whatever reason, the Broncos aren't comfortable committing long-term to many players uh, after that Russell Wilson deal right now. So Mm. Draymond Jones, what are they going to do with him? That's a big question mark for me. I would love to see him stay, but we talked about it on this show and I'm sure on others. Uh, you could just see him going to another team, a playoff contender and having success with regards to drafting a quarterback. I think that is something you need to do, whether that's trying to make your scout team better or develop a backup quarterback in the process. Uh, you saw how quarterback desperate teams were in the postseason. I mean, Brock Purdy. Hello. Well, I'm kind of waiting for the fall. I get it. San Francisco is an amazing team right now, and he's propped up, uh, but he's playing out of his mind. You see quarterbacks getting claimed, especially here in the Denver Broncos with Josh Johnson getting claimed by San Francisco. Um, so you got to have some quarterbacks and you have to have some options. Dudes from New Orleans coming in here. I love it. A Saints perspective. I don't think the Saints would send Sean Payton to Carolina, who's in their own division. I completely agree. Crazier things have happened. Bill Belichick and the Saints can, or not the Saints, the Jets can tell you about that with the Patriots. But uh, I agree with Deuce. How about you, Nick? Yeah, that's not happening. I haven't heard any link of Sean Payton going to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, so wouldn't expect that one to happen. And it sounds like Dennis Allen will be back in New Orleans. Well, New Orleans. We'll see what happens with New Orleans this year. Uh, we also got with first, no fear, saying good evening, Nick Luke, and all of Broncos country. Patrick Sertan the second. First team all pro yeah. the NFLPA. Let's go. One of many to come. Absolutely. We're going to get it in that here in a second. Also want to say hello to Garth Knight coming in there with the 499 super saying, gentlemen, kind of excited to hear Caldwell's number called. He might be my mm. number two, if not Harbaugh. He's older though, not to be ageist. I mean, the age does matter. Also the fact that he's been mm-hmm. mostly out of football for four ish years. I believe he had a advisory role with the dolphins for a season, but really been just waiting around for another head coaching opportunity after the lions. And I, I don't blame him um, with the, what he did again with the lions. Uh, yeah. I'd be too. I'd say I deserve a head coaching spot for sure. Well, he should be pretty, you know, practiced in interviewing. It feels like every year his name is in the mix, but sometimes those names phase out. Like you look at like a Chuck Pagano. He was another one of those guys, a former indie guy, right? What's with these indie guys? You can't get rid of them. Frank Reich, his name not on the list, but a lot of people early. Uh, we were all having the conversation. I know Thomas really loves Frank Reich for some reason. I don't know why but he seems to really love Frank Reich. Um, Broncos have a huge list. D'Amico Ryans, I'm curious about as well. I don't think Greg Penner is just limiting it to only experienced coaches, but um, you have to check all your resources. When you fall in love, you fall in love. You don't know what's going to happen. So I like the fact that Greg Penner appears to be, like we mentioned earlier, broadening that network. Yeah. Definitely. We also got Patrick coming in 1A. He says Harbaugh's 1A and Caldwell's 1B. Well, we appreciate that. And Patrick, thank, thank you, you so much for the stars. Appreciate you for reaching out to me as well. Uh, not going to get a chance to see Patrick, but I'm going to be heading to Big Island here in about a month. And Patrick's going to be out there on Oahu, I believe. But uh, I'm going to be in Kona Coffee Country, so I'm going to be excited for that. And uh, thank you for you know 
telling me some of the best spots to hit on the island. Uh, Gary Palmer, 999, coming in. You guys are killing it today. We really appreciate y'all coming in. If you guys can't be like everybody contributing financially today, totally get it. You know, coming off of Christmas, times are hard. Oh, rent bumped up. You know, it's the first of the year, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Drop a thumbs up, a like, subscribe. Taxes, don't even say that word. Um, Make sure that you guys are giving the thumbs up, the like on the way in as well. Uh, Gary says, Nick, Luke, Scott, and Broncos country. Since Greg Penner has been made with, this is his hire. Uh, Since Greg Penner took over, this is his hire. I'm really interested to see how it all turns out. Absolutely. I'm really curious to see how it turns out. Obviously, they got a lot of of money. He said he's not a patient guy. I'm just really curious to see what the ownership group looks like. It's going to be really hard to judge it until we're like, 10 years from now really to understand what the ownership group is all about and how much they've influenced things. But I like that they are money is no option. Uh, Cause that is something that can limit some teams and does not seem to be something that is even close to limiting the Broncos. Yeah. I don't know if it was like career castration in front of the media with, you know, Greg Penner and that awkward kind of George Payton thing where George Payton clearly has been not demoted, but his leash has been really, really tightened. And Greg Penner definitely going out of his way to express Mm -hmm. that he is leading this search, not George Payton. It does bring up questions. What does Greg Penner know about football? What does he know about coaching? What does he know about this team right now and trying to get the best man or woman these days? That's another thing you're going to see very very soon i keep waiting for it every single year um you see women in sports particularly in the nfl not only have they just completely gone Mm. so successfully in the scouting world but now you're seeing it in assistant coaches and there have already been head coaches on the record saying watch out these women are coming for head coaching gigs but i digress i'm getting crazy into it thank you for joining mhi he's nick kendall i'm luke patterson scott on the ones and twos thank you for joining us tonight if you'd like to get a nick please on Twitter. That's at Nick Kendall MHH. If you'd like to get at yours truly, that's at Luke Patterson LP and at scout Kennedy. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate the support, buddy. Yeah. Thank you so much. We appreciate you and coming in just like everybody. And let's get into it a little bit more. So Jim Caldwell had an interview with the Broncos today. Do you have any thoughts on Jim Caldwell? I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. former Iowa guy, where does he rank for you in this? Do you have any reservations or is this a guy that, you know, you didn't, you said you didn't really see coming or that there was not a lot of buzz about that. Obviously we can really get a, not the actual gut reaction, but you haven't had much time to think about it and gather everything. What is your initial thought here? Yeah. My initial thought is he's got the pelts on the wall. Um, that's for sure. You know, you mentioned it earlier as a two time Super Bowl champ. So anytime you want to try to command a room with resumes, some people like to do that. Other people, the players know that coming in and no one has to wave the resume in their face. I don't think that of Jim Caldwell at all. He's so well respected in this league, as you know, I think it's very interesting. He's been out of the league for the past couple of years, two or three years. Um, but I don't think the game has passed him by no way. This is a lifer. And I think we said, what, late 60s? That's okay. I hear the age thing. That's something that um, some fans are noting, whatever. But he's had a lot of success. I do think you need a big splash, not only for the fan base to keep this fan base engaged, but I think you need a big splash to keep this team engaged, to keep this team together, to keep Russell Wilson together, because you saw Jerry Rosberg do a hell of a job and he's the talk of the town right now in Denver. I don't think, and I don't know if he's ever going to get a head coaching position or an interview with the Denver Broncos, but he's the toast of the town right now, Jerry Rosberg. Yeah. He's not getting an interview right now, but uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, Jim Caldwell, I mean, he's been good. He has that Peyton Manning endorsement and connection as well. will be interesting to see. My biggest reservation with him is how long he's been out of the league now. Now, probably more of a CEO type. And when it comes to that being out of the league, as long as he has the connections to the right coaches, I'm not as concerned about that. As long as he's got, you know, running tight practices, a good idea of what he wants to build identity-wise, not as big of a deal. I know that uh, Frank Reich is in his coaching circle as well so maybe Mm -hmm. uh frank reich is somebody you could bring in as an offensive coordinator given it doesn't seem like there is much as much interest for him uh this current cycle as the head coach but will be interesting i wanted to give a shout out to michael ronquillo coming in there saying that we have an article up right now from mhh article michael giving us free publicity saying that uh, article right now the pros and cons of each head coach candidate for the denver broncos appreciate the stars and appreciate the shout out michael uh you're you're a real one also, Garth Knight, another real one. Second super of the day. We got to get the air horn going here. Uh, saying, I wonder if Manning put in a word for Caldwell. Also, Ooh. I'd love Rosberg to stick around to assist Caldwell if they are like-minded. I don't know if there's a connection between Roswell and Caldwell. Uh, I think, if anything, it's probably more of a George Payton request there if you're not bringing in Harbaugh because 
really with these head coaching things, it's about who you know, it's who you've worked with, who you've rubbed elbows with. So I don't know if there is any crossover there. There's just so many webs of these coaching cycles. They're very inbred, uh, these coaching trees out here. You know, <laughs> so many guys work with each other. It's probably pretty wild, yeah. but uh, definitely, I guess it's a possibility. I love this question because I think you should ask some people. If you don't know the business, then you should ask about the business. You know, I'm not saying Peyton needs to be right next to Condoleezza Rice in these interviews or anything, but I think it would be wise to try to reach out and bounce some things off of 18. Mike Shanahan, I, I heard people you know, in social media and on the air talking about maybe you bounce things off of him. I wouldn't just because he's so ingrained with the 49ers. If he was on his own, not doing anything on a boat somewhere. Sure. But um, he is very much so with Kyle and a part of that San Francisco 49ers team. I'm a team. I'm really excited to see whoop up on the Seahawks this weekend. Uh, but yeah, Caldwell would bring instant credibility as well. Not a big splash, but he is respected. He's no nonsense. Um, he may not get up there and give you the funny one-liners every week or try to be the number one ace in the press conference, but he likes to win football games, and he knows how to do it. Yeah, 100%. Be interested. Uh, man, just sliding glass doors, man. We should have just had Kyle Shanahan when, when we had the chance, right. but what can you do? What can you do? Talking about player evaluation here. Jace comes in saying anybody like Kenny McIntosh, Georgia running back. I think he's fine. Uh, I wish he was a little bit better in the broken tackle department. Uh, efficient, one of the best efficiency stats, in my opinion, in going from college to the next level is yards after contact per attempt. And he is not fantastic in that metric in any way, but he's got a good frame and he's a solid athlete. I just wish he was a little bit better at handling contact and uh, making guys miss. You know, you can like step through tackles and keep in his balance, which is not an elite skill set from him, but Late round three, maybe round four. Uh, I think that's important as long as the measurables add up. But he's also got good size. Uh, needs to run probably. I don't care if you're a four three forty running back. You probably want them to be faster than a four five five though, uh, with a solid ten yard split. So want to see what it is. But he's definitely on the list right now. Yeah, and he accepted a senior bowl invite, so we'll get mm -hmm. a good peek at him when we're on the road, Scott and I, uh, here in a few weeks. But I like his size, six one, like you said, good frame, um, two ten, so he's not like he's a bruiser or anything like That's that. But solid. it's a decent, decent size running back. I mean, I'm thinking of Latavius Murray, who's just a freak, you know, an absolute freak. I'd like to see hear him stay in Denver. Um, Maurice Jones Drew tried to write an article or piece together an article. I don't know if you saw it where he went and ranked every starting running back and Latavius Murray was dead last. And he did talk about how it's going to be interesting with free agency and stuff like that. Uh, but Latavius Murray played his ass off for yeah. the Denver Broncos since day one in London when he got here. Uh, but Jace, I hear you running back. Definitely a priority in the NFL draft. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Will be interesting to see what happens here. And, for me, Latavius Murray, I really like what he did. I think a lot of people enjoyed him as a palate cleanser, especially considering the other running back issues on this team. I don't think I he's like dynamic. That. I don't think he's dynamic enough uh, in any sense of the game right now, other than his size, uh, to really bring him back until like the third wave of free agency. Like you, there's a lot of good running back free agents in this uh, upcoming cycle. It's a solid draft class. I was a little bit bummed to see Blake Corum go back to the league or go back to the minor leagues, I guess, NCAA football. Uh, but if he wants to come and take a, you know, vet minimum contract for sure, bring him back. And if you are sitting there, you didn't get a good one in free agency. You couldn't take one until like round five or six, hundred percent bring back Latavius Murray. I think he was a very good player for us this year, but I think I'm, I want a little bit more, especially because we Javante Williams and his health is a massive unknown entry in this season. That's huge. And people don't know that really. I mean, look at Saquon Barkley. I'm not saying they're the same injury or anything like that, but there are certain parallels that I'm worried about how long it took Saquon to get back. I mean, he was an investment with that number one overall pick, right? Um, so it's yeah. just like, okay, they have a little bit more of a priority to get him back on the field. I hear you. George Payton traded up to go get Pookie, but man, we don't know how he's going to be feeling. Look at Cortland Sutton. He hasn't been right since brace on no brace on. I mean, there are tons of question marks about Cortland Sutton too. So while technology, two things can be true at the same time, while technology and medicine is at a advanced state, it's never been at these are still human bodies. They're going to do what they're going to do or not going to do in some cases. And you just have to ultimately wait and see, but running back is definitely up there. My dumb movies coming in. I guess we had a bridge coach and a tank here this season, right? I hope the Seahawks appreciate it. 
Uh, tough to see, man. It's going to tough to it'd be tough to see Shelby Harris out there, and he's already taking laps on social media. Um, kind of wishing him a little bit well, I guess. But we, we need to cheer the for playoffs. them this week. We need them to win. Uh, yeah, not only does kicking out the 49ers help the Broncos by Do we, though. Yeah, no, absolutely. We? That's, we want the higher pick. Uh, also, it increases speed of potentially D'Amico Ryan's candidacy in Denver. Uh, so uh, we we're cheering for the Seahawks this week. It's all about business in the bottom line at the end of the day. Uh, good story. The 49ers Brock Purdy, I guess, begrudgingly good on him uh, coming from an Iowa fan, but uh, definitely cheering for the Seahawks this week to beat the beat the 49ers. Yeah, it's going to be – it's interesting because I feel like we're all pseudo-49er fans a little bit with the Shanahan connection, and I find it really interesting that Adam Peters is turning down um, interviews. At least mm-hmm. he turned down, I think, the Titans and one other team. I'm forgetting. Um, but he's saying he wants to focus with the 49ers in this week in the playoff run. Uh, we'll see if anything changes about that because Adam Peters is another name we continually have our eye on coming from Denver, and he's just a rising superstar. He will be a GM soon. Phil McLaughlin coming back in with some love. Uh, whoever we pick up for a running back, I want him to be able to block. That would be nice. You have to be able to be um, either a game-changing playmaker at the running back position or a serviceable guy. Latavius Murray, I love him, but man, did he lack speed. Some of those open field runs where he was just, he had that window, he couldn't really get it going. That's never really been his game. He's a rumbling, bumbling stumbler, as Chris Berman would say, uh, but he doesn't bring that speed game. Something you saw a little bit from with Chase Edmonds, another veteran, but young running backs, you can get them there a dime a dozen. Yep, I mean, got to rotate him in and uh, just have a good to solid class there. We got Ryan Powell coming in saying, Nick and Luke, what do you guys think about Joey Porter Jr.? Well, I wish he was Joey Porter the second because then we could really go for some consistency here with our defensive backfield. But I really like Joey Porter Jr. He is probably the best press corner in this upcoming draft class, in my opinion. I thought he had a very good season for Penn State this season out there in College Station. If you are looking for more of an off coverage kind of guy, he's, I don't think he's that one. I think he's a little bit tighter in the hips than somebody like Christian Gonzalez, not as fluid in space, uh, but he's a very good player, very physical and would be a very good number two. If you're going to lean into a very cover one press centric scheme in Denver. Yeah. He's smart, hardworking. I like his size. Cornerbacks just seem to be getting a little bit bigger every year. He's not like, you know, Tariq Woolen or anything like yeah. that. Um, but I like to see him above six foot or right there, even if five five tens okay. I'm not gonna freak out, but you gotta have bigger corners because it seems like the receivers are bigger too. Uh you can't always have a Tyreek Hill out there, but that guy, and by the way, did you see Joe Flacco's son? wearing the Tyreek Hill jersey when the Jets were down there playing. I mean, no, just I an absolute savage little Flacco. And, you know, my how the, the wheels have turned on Joe Flacco. It's crazy to see what the Jets are going to do, what they officially released their offensive coordinator today, Little Lafleur. Yeah, I. it's crazy. Uh, man, that's somebody else who you talk about potentially bringing in Dan Quinn. I know that Dan Quinn had Little Lafleur uh, in his stable underneath Cal Shanahan there. So maybe yep. there's a connection there on the Dan Quinn side of things. That isn't just uh Daryl Bevel or Schottenheimer, you know, playing the classics of uh Russell's career, but the uh, Joey Porter jr. I saw he was highlighted also to the PFF uh, mock draft for the Broncos there at pick 28 or 29. So keep an eye, a uh, cornerback's definitely a position. The Broncos could be considering personally. It's not what I would lean into because I thought I saw enough from Damari Mathis this season that you could probably go cheap there. And if he struggles, then you'll reevaluate the cornerback position. But if you have a good cornerback there, I wouldn't shy away from it. Uh, we got Jayco's that day one is going to be a nightmare when Pete uses our pick. Just cover your <laughs> eyes uh, when that happens. Just, uh, just I don't la, know. La, 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 la. Pete's out there giving, you know, ringing endorsements of his team. You know, we got to play the Niners. That sucks, man. Um, I mean, I don't know. I just I'm so bitter with the Seahawks right now. We'll see who ultimately has the last laugh, but they're in the playoffs, so mm-hmm. can't take anything away from them. Yeah. Absolutely. And then Ryan coming back in saying, who would be your dream compliment to PS2 in the draft? My dream compliment mm. to t- PS2 in this draft would be better pass rush. <laughs> Not a cornerback, but the Broncos pass rush it. fell off a bleeping cliff. Uh, I guess stumbled off a cliff. It was multiple things. First, it was Bradley Chubb. Boop. Browning getting hurt. Boop. Uh, lost. Randy Gregory. Tumbled down a bit more. Draymond Jones flat on our face. DJ Jones were just pummeled by rocks. You know, we're like the coyote at the bottom of the cliff with the poof, and then a rock falls on us from there. 
uh, with how that pass rush looked and the defensive front looked towards the end of the season. Uh, so my compliment is improving the pass rush and the defensive line. As far as the draft, I haven't dug in too deep in the cornerbacks yet. I kind of got an idea of the first round cornerbacks and a lot of it's going to depend on scheme. My favorite cornerback in the class is uh, the likes of Christian Gonzalez. I will say though, the guy who's getting a lot of hype right now, and I enjoyed him in the big 10 this year, former zero star uh, cornerback Devon Witherspoon from Illinois. He's going to be down at the senior bowl. Keep an eye out for him. He is, I think he's going to earn the title of biggest trash talker in the entire, entire draft Ooh. this season. That dude barks. <laughs> he's going to be he's a lot of fights at the senior bowl. Oh, I would not be talking. <laughs> I mean, you're a former zero star guy, uh, but he yeah. was awesome this year for Illinois. Really good. That's awesome. No, good talent's hard to find and yeah. barking corners. Who doesn't love a barking corner? It makes things yeah. just a little bit more dramatic. Um, hopefully we see some of that in the playoffs. It's the anniversary. What of a couple things today, the drive. 1987, John Elway and the Denver Broncos in the dog pound. We all know what happened there. And then Des Bryant, speaking of, you know, corners and receivers, the catch or not catch, if you will. Where's you, where do you land on that Dallas Cowboys catch or no catch in Green Bay in Lambeau? Anything that makes Cowboys fans cry, I'm for. Uh, so I obviously we're all a little <laughs> bit tired of the, the Green Bay Packers, but the Green Bay Packers also had the fail Mary uh, go against them. So I guess what goes around comes Ooh, around. And uh, I'm here for Des Bryant, um, you know, getting clowned, the catch, no catch. I don't care. Cry. Cry, Dallas. Cry. It wasn't a catch. I don't think. I don't think it was a catch, but it's cool to say you saw that. And it's one of like the most debated moments. I don't know why it gets so much publicity. It's like the Cowboys hang on to that. That was the reason that they didn't win that year. And it'll be interesting to see with the way Dak Prescott's playing. I don't want to turn this into a Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp show where we talk about the Cowboys forever. Uh, but playoffs are so much fun, man. This weekend. Do you have any special plans for the playoffs? Do you have like a window of time you're devoting to a certain game or how do you feel in general about playoff weekend? Cause I can't wait. I was stoked for last weekend. I'm even more out of my mind for this weekend. It'll always be going on somehow walking the dog. It'll be on my phone going into work on the weekend. <laughs> it's going to be on one of my three monitors there. It's Covered. It's running nonstop. <laughs> Mark coming in saying Greg Penner contacted him today. Said he wanted the best armchair coach. Uh, absolutely love it. We're all armchair coaches trying to figure out what the next move is for the Denver Broncos, who interviewed Jim Caldwell today, a big day in Broncos country. Pastor Tan named an all-pro. And then Jerry Judy, AFC Offensive Player of the Week for his performance last week in the game finale. Um, always good to see the guys end with a win and have like a real kind of good sign-off in, in to start yeah. this year and conclude – the previous season but five catches 154 yards um he had that 57 yarder that we've continued to watch on replay over and over no i'm looking at the wrong uh no i'm right yeah five receptions 154 yards no tutties and still the afc offensive player of the week that's kind of odd i think he had the 11th most yards from scrimmage of any player this season in a single game uh had two receptions for 50, 50 yards in this one uh, he deserved it. Uh, he had a great game and he ignited the offense there. I mean, what did Russell Wilson have before that big 53 yard touchdown down the left uh, sideline? Was it 13 yards on like two completions before that? Um, horrible. Um, maybe it was 26 because there was a dump off to Latavius Murray that doubled his yardage total before that. But regardless, uh, Jerry Judy kickstarted the offense. And I'm really curious to see uh, how he does this season. If he can use this as a springboard for him next year, I'm all in on uh, Judy's fit in this offense being a boundary cornerback next season. I need my slot receiver to be able to block, especially for this team going forward, which is not Judy's game, but using him as a Z, maybe even sometimes as an X, I think that's probably best to hide uh, some of the lack of physicality, but the dynamism as far as his ability to get open. And what we also saw from the, the deep ball from Jerry Judy, you know, it wasn't always uh, his game, especially because he's not really an above the rim player, but if you're that open and especially deep, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. So um, definitely curious to see what Judy does this season. And congrats to him. First Broncos player to reach AFC uh, Offensive Player of the Week since week 13, 2018, where Philip Lindsay did it running for, I think, like 150 some yards and multiple touchdowns versus the Cincinnati Bengals. So it, it's been a bit. Not surprising <laughs> it's been a bit, but it's been a bit. That's horrible. It's been a minute. Gina yeah. Cooper coming in here, giving us a minute of her time. Thank you so much. Thoughts on the NFL draft prospects we can bring into our Broncos offensive line. We need some versatile guys willing to put in work. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough where the Broncos end up picking. Uh, the, what? That was finalized today. What are they at? 24? 
It's not final. Right? It's because the 49ers no? are still in it. Oh, 49ers are in it next week. That's right. Yeah. I was looking at. That's why we're cheering uh, for the Seahawks. Yeah, I was looking at Power Rankings. And by the way, Power Rankings article is coming out by our very own Dylan Von Arx here uh, momentarily, I imagine. But yeah. no, it'll be interesting. Um, Schmitz, guy from Minnesota, I've had my eye on for just a little bit. Um, I think you could get some guys like Wright from Tennessee. Um, there's a couple others, some early guy, Broderick Jones. You know, I don't know if they're going to be in striking distance there, if they want to spend early. I don't know what their premium is. And that's what's hard mm-hmm. to figure out because George Payton, we imagine he's going to be the one making the calls. He's the scout of scouts. But then you wonder, is George Payton going to be gone after that? Um, so, man, it's hard to hard to figure out which direction the Broncos are going to go in the draft. But offensive line, Gina and the rest of Broncos country knows they better invest in it because Russell Wilson, most sacked quarterback, a lot of those are on him. But Broncos have got to improve. That O-line was sorry. Yeah, totally. I Six guys here that I'd keep a name, uh, keep my eye on for the Broncos offensive line or first round in general offensive line. I'm going to put these first two being the out of sight, out of mind, because I don't think there's any way in heck they falter where the Broncos are picking, and it would be stupid. It, that's one of them. But the Broncos would be stupid <laughs> to trade up for offensive line when you have so many needs, and that's just an over overconfidence in your evaluation. Uh, is that player that much better than like the one you get? Let's say they trade up to 15 overall for Skronsky, and you're giving up a third round pick this year. Is that mm. player better than the rookie contract you're getting that third round pick? Probably, probably not. Especially if you no. can get a guy there at. Um, let's say 26 with the 49ers. So two names up top there. I think these guys won't be there for Denver. Peter Skronsky at uh, Northwestern. I think he's going to end up a guard long-term, but he could play right tackle. So good with his balance and his pass pro technique. I get a lot of Zach Martin comparison for him. I could see that for him for a long time. He's going to be very good. Hmm. Uh, So he's one to stand out. My number one tackle in this class is Paris Johnson Jr. He played left guard last season when they had, uh, gosh, the names escaped me right now. They had another tackle prospect at left tackle, uh, last season in Ohio state this year, he moved over to left tackle and he was awesome. Apparently he's like, you know, brilliant as well. Set up his own charity foundation, a uh, very good mover, good uh, filled out frame that you want for those tackle. Not many guys with the actual arm length, body type movement skills, bubble, butt <laughs> that you want for that tackle spot. So, uh, he's one, he's my number one offensive tackle. After that, you get into the guy that would be great. I think for the Broncos, if he does fall there, a little skeptical of the fall, Broderick Jones at Georgia. I will say mm-hmm. he's pretty raw in his technique. Georgia used a lot of, 12 personnel. We saw that. I mean, Darnell Washington and uh, Brock Bowers for that Georgia dogs team, pretty incredible tight end duo. But because of that, there was very few true drop back pass sets from more of a, like a wide alignment from that left tackle spot. So his pass protection is very much a projection. Great athlete. <laughs> I think it's going to be raw early on. I think that probably year one, he's a worse pass protector uh, than what you had this year at right tackle. You're not drafting him for Oof. 2023. You're drafting him for down the line. Cause he was a five-star. He moves great. He's got great length. Awesome prospect. You're projecting them, though. It's going to be a little bit bumpy early on, in my opinion. After that, the other tackles to watch. Anton Harrison, good mover at left tackle. Not the strongest at the point of attack, but Oklahoma. And you mentioned Darnell right at right tackle. I see him more as a Mm -hmm. day two guy. I don't see the movement skill from him. Very strong, but a little bit choppy, not super fluid in space. And then you have, I think, one interior offensive lineman that'll go around one in Osiris Torrance out of Florida. Florida. More of a power Uh gap scheme guy, but... You know, maybe you're running that with Jim Harbaugh. Who knows? I don't love that as much early on. I'd rather have somebody who's a little bit more scheme diverse than Osiris Torrance, personally. But those are the six names right now that seem to be more consensus, first-round caliber prospects. KB coming in with a good question. What's up, fellas? What coach will you be the most upset if the Broncos hire, Nick? Most upset? And Scott got me. Disappointed. Nicholas Petit Freer was the player I couldn't think of for Ohio State. Thanks, Scott. I think he drafted fourth round, third round by Tennessee. But anyway, most coach I'd be most upset about. I don't think I'm going to be too upset about any of them. I will say that I'm starting to get pretty irritated that some people in Broncos media are making Dan Quinn to be the equivalent of Jim Harbaugh and uh, Sean Payton, where I think that's pretty, pretty obvious a prompted up, whether it be, you know, fed through the channels from George Payton's people, because George Payton gets to keep his job probably. If it's Dan Quinn, maybe not the case if they hire Sean Payton or uh, Jim Harbaugh. So that one kind of irritates me a little bit. Uh, but as far as being irritated, I mean, I, I guess Raheem Morris, uh, that would be the one. And not, not because he's not great, uh, but, you know, new guy coming in here. He's not even my last quarter uh, coach in the power ranking here, but uh, I guess I'll go with Raheem Morris just because they don't want a bad mouth as you're ever because I really like him as well. 
Yeah, it's going to be tough to see him go, and you know he's going to. I I think he's going to have success. I hope he goes to the right place where he gets a fair shot. Uh, yeah. D'Amico Ryan's probably for me, just because he's so. There's such a big I unknown. It. I know I there's such a big unknown, and I'm tired of this cycle, man. Yeah. Tired of this cycle. So uh, you know, I don't want to judge a guy just because he's never had that job yet. Doesn't mean he's not going to do well. I don't think that's fair. I do yeah. think it's worth having the conversation because you've had such a rapid turnover at this head coaching position in your franchise for so damn long. Um, but you've got to completely check every name off the list. I mean, you talk about guys that weren't even interviewed and Mike McDaniel last year and some of the other head coaching candidates who are in the playoffs right now in the NFL while you're sitting on your couch trying to figure out who your next guy is going to be or you're at the facility. And I can't wait till we see George Payton 5 a.m. videos again, right? Talking about what a grinder he is looking for this next head coach and eating tamales with Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Dose. It's that all was silly. I just want them to get the right guy. Mm -hmm. um, I think that right guy has to have some experience and has to have those pelts on the wall to get Russ Wilson to buy in. 100%. So we'll see what happens. So back to the news. Shout out to Jerry Judy on uh, the first team, or excuse me, the Week 18 AFC Offensive Player of the Week. I mean, we were talking about him potentially being a trade candidate. Uh, are the Broncos going to exercise his fifth-year option? Uh, now he's probably your most valuable offensive player entering this offseason. Uh, obviously, the Broncos, if somebody offers you know a top 10 pick or something, top 15 pick for him, then uh, you Listen, uh, especially given, you know, the injuries to date, some of the erratic play, but God, he looked dynamic there. And he, when he was healthy on the field this season, especially after the trade deadline, really good. I'm, I'm really excited to see him taken away from slot. I think that, uh, that viewpoint in the NFL is kind of, you know, the smaller body types, the quick get open quick from the slot, getting away from that. You need somebody in the slot who can dig out a linebacker and a safety so you can run better from it, especially if you're going to run with Russell Wilson next season, Judy on the boundary Z receiver. I'm for it. Uh, the other yeah. news, go ahead. No, no, no. It'll be interesting. Like you said, I mean, let's say I think the two big fish and no disrespect to Dan Quinn, but I think it's Jim Harbaugh and Sean Payton. Let's say they go the Sean Payton direction. New Orleans would have to be interested right in more than draft picks. I, I was told today that they couldn't deal players. I don't know if that's true for a head coach, only draft picks, but I don't see sure. why it would matter. Capital and compensation, you would think, are, are somewhat similar, and I, I would think there's a value. You know, there's a value system on the draft and things of that nature. I would imagine there's a value system like that. I mean, conditional picks, they give those away for Christ's sake. So I'm sure the NFL could figure it out, but if you're looking at it from not only an internal Bronco lens where the Broncos appreciated Jerry Judy and his fight in, in meaningless games. And it surprised me. I'll be completely honest. I'm in no way campaigning for him to be shipped out of town. But if you're the New Orleans Saints, you got to be calling and at least asking about Jerry Judy. Okay, the Broncos want to hire Sean. Let's see if we can get a deal done. Who are some of their best players? Pastor Tan comes to mind. I don't know. I think George Payton likes him. He's going to go down. If Pat Sertan goes down, George is going down with him, but he's a shooting star named all pro today. I don't think he's going anywhere. Jerry Judy, maybe you don't know what that fifth year option is going to be. He's had a short career and has had arguably the best success of his career the last couple weeks, but not a lot out there for Jerry Judy on his resume. His stocks at an all time high. I think you at least have to wonder about it. If you're a Broncos fan, man, are they going to be coming at some of our best pieces because we'd have to give something away? possibility uh maybe you have to think about trade if you can't trade players for picks maybe you have to move some players for picks beforehand or afterwards to compensate uh, ah, refill sure. the tank as well something you can consider i can't imagine right now uh given how he looked down the stretch and how cheap he's gonna be um the next two seasons moving on from judy unless somebody gives you a very good value uh for him especially that you seem to have be building some momentum there unless you're all the way out on next season and a hard reset then that's a different conversation uh but Played great, and Arrow's trending up for him, and I'm excited to see what he looks like in another year, uh, hopefully a healthy season, and what it looks like with Tim Patrick back, uh, Cortland Sutton another year removed, and Judy hopefully finding a better spot on this offense because uh, it, it looked different after Sutton went down for a bit and they moved him to the outside. Uh, but, yeah. you know, kind of what does that show? Sliding doors uh, that they had? Maybe the things are completely different if Jerry gets tossed from that game uh, week 13 versus Kansas city. And uh, cause he shoved, shoved and bumped into the ref. I mean, got to control some of that stuff. Obviously it's an emotional game. They're down 27 to zero, but uh, you know, they're, they're, 
reason to be optimistic, but also reasons to be like, okay, I want to see more uh, from Jerry Judy, but yeah, I think it's fine to be excited. I, I'm not willing to say that Jerry Judy's irreplaceable because I, I, I think he is, uh, he's not Pat Sertan who's, you know, a year difference, same school and has accomplished much more as an individual, two different positions. I know wide receiver dependent. I, I completely agree and understand that, but you're just starting to see something from Jerry Judy right now. And I do have question marks about consistency and if it can continue, you see so many, I think more than flashes i hate that word flashes greg penner talked about it with russell wilson uh, but you saw some consistency towards the end of the season and some fight and i liked that because for a while there it didn't seem like anybody had any fight and before you know it you've yeah. got dalton reisner and brett ripon getting into it you got mike purcell yelling at russell wilson it was a crazy dramatic season whoever they bring in at head coach has got to reel all that in uh, what's Mike Purcell's future like in Denver? You know, I don't know that he's back as a Bronco. You got some young guy. I like Matt Hutchison a lot. Uh, he's a developmental guy, still has a lot to prove, but he needs to fight for his spot in training camp this year. You're probably yeah. going to also go back to the draft. And uh, Iwuzurike, did I pronounce that right? Iwuzurike, yep. For Iowa State, I mean, he's another guy in there that's going to be scrapping and fighting. So you've got so much competitiveness and spots available on this team that the young guys are going to have to contribute immediately or they could get replaced. One thing I wanted to mention, and I didn't realize, uh, you talking about Jerry Judy or uh, another Bronco potentially being dealt four picks. Maybe that happens in the spring. NFL draft deals happen all the time. If a team calls after a receiver went down or something like that in the offseason or demands to be dealt, those things happen. So I, I think the Broncos are definitely in a position where they're not saying no to anything. Yeah, 100%. And sorry, Jay, Super Bowl 50, that's going to hang until we can get another one back there. Um, coming in and looking at it, it's making depressed. Uh, you know, when the Broncos are, uh, when the Seahawks are on the clock, just put on the old DVD tape. Luckily, it's not a VHS tape, like when the Raiders, uh, you have to go back and watch those Raiders one. Maybe that film is starting to uh, disintegrate. It's been so long. But uh, getting to the other thing that happened today, newsworthy for the Denver Broncos, Patrick Sertan II, 22-year-old quarterback, former ninth overall pick, another Alabama star, listed as an All-Pro by his colleagues. The NFL Players Association lists their first ever All-Pro list. And who's the cornerback listed there? Patrick Sertan II getting listed over the likes of uh, Sauce Gardner, over the likes of Jair Alexander, Jalen Ramsey. You have Patrick Sertan, along with the Eagles' Darius Slay, listed as a first-team All-Pro, his first honors uh, of, of such in his career and hopefully many more to come, but man, he's been incredible. And just some more Patrick Sertan uh, news today or tidbits about this. I saw that uh, in an interview with Joe Burrow was on with uh, Colin Coward today. They were talking with about, you know, best cornerbacks in the league. And Joe Burrow said, yeah, Denzel Ward, he's incredible. He's been hard to go against uh, probably a top two cornerback in the league. And then Colin's like, oh, number one, Sauce Gardner. He's like, mm, he's good. And he's like, oh, who else it is? Sertan. Sertan is the Ooh. best cover corner back in football from Joe Burrow saying that. And then also you had Robert Mays on The Athletic. Uh, him and Nate Tice, son of former offensive line coach, head coach in the NFL, uh, Mike Tice, listed both listed Pat Sertan as the number uh, first team all pro cornerback this season. And the reason they said that is because no cornerback in the NFL has had as tough of assignments as Sertan. Now, a lot of cornerbacks in today's NFL, they kind of stick on one side of the field. Sertan shadows teams ones, and that's pretty rare uh, to see. So Shout out to Patrick Sertan getting his flowers deserved. It. Obviously a controversial pick at the time when the Broncos made it because of how desperate they were at quarterback. Still have questions at quarterback, unfortunately with uh, Russell Wilson's up and down play this season, but 22 year old all pro going to be damn good for a long time. Happy to have Patrick Sertan, the best cornerback in football. Yeah, it's really cool to see a guy come in and immediately play and play well and at a very high level as a rookie. And then he's in his second year. He's a young guy, Nick. It's weird when you say, I mean, 22, 23 years old. 22. Man, he, he's a pup. He's just yeah. a pup. And he's out there playing grown man ball. What I love the most about Pat Sertan is his humility. Uh, he doesn't probably view himself as highly as we do. He constantly wants to improve, constantly wants to get better, and he wants to command the room. He wants to demand his teammates' respect, and they love him for it. And why wouldn't you? It's cool to see this young guy play ball, and I really like that he could respond to a bad game, right, against the Las Vegas Raiders, Devontae Adams, uh, walk-off touchdown, absolute heartbreaker at home. And Pastor Tan can close out the season on a very high note, all pro honors in addition to that Pro Bowl. Yeah, he was phenomenal this season. He didn't have the plays on the football that we saw from Sauce Gardner this season, but as far as uh, his buddy did, Justin. 
Yeah, most, just just most picks, picks right? Sure. <laughs> a little different from the cornerback <laughs> and the safety, but uh, Sertan was one of the least targeted uh, cornerbacks this season. He, he gave up the least amount of yak of any cornerback uh, that played 550 cornerback snaps, and that's accumulation. That's not like yak per uh, coverage snap, which would be would have been even better uh, from him. Uh, he was top five in like yards given up, pass attempt. Uh, he wasn't targeted very much. I mean, he across the board, the only area that he did not have the stats this season was the plays on the football and teams just because a lot of teams weren't throwing at him. Uh, so curious to see what it looks like for him next season. Cornerbacks can be extremely volatile year to year is the one thing I will say, you know, Patrick Sandal, this is just the beginning. I don't think there's a position in the NFL that is as dependent on a clean bill of health as the cornerback position. If you lose it, even just a little bit, uh, let's say you have a lingering, lingering hamstring issue. Your season might be, cooked uh given yep. how, how much of a space play hamstring i know god who's heard of that in denver <laughs> what's denver, that knock on wood um but i guess season's over uh but uh certain man incredible 22 years old doesn't turn 23 until april 14th i think when i looked it up when i wrote that article today so uh yep. really happy to have him yeah man it's it's cool it's cool not to worry about the cornerback position check that one off the list expect them to try to supplement the position though uh damari mathis obviously had a phenomenal year k1 williams what a pickup i can't wait to see him playing ball without that giant cast i mean what that guy did in that thing was incredible uh but you've got to improve i mean you've got to get some different guys in there i don't know about a saying bassy long term um mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see and it was cool seeing some young guys out there in the final game that we didn't necessarily know that well having a lot of success and uh playing their tails off it'll be interesting to see what alex singleton's future holds because he had a phenomenal year that i didn't see coming at least mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's going to be really cool uh, I think as the head coaching position and the interviews progress, we're going to have changing feelings. We're going to get a little tidbit and not know the rest and try to take it and run with it because it's all we have. It's an exciting time, but it's also a little bit of a stressful time because fans and um, folks alike have our favorites of who we want in here. But I think a big splash like Jim Harbaugh, I'd be okay with. And again, I think he'd be willing to give Russ some hell. And I think Sean Payton too, uh, not to go Zach Wilson on him, but you've got to be willing to rein Russ in. 100%. And just as you're listing players here, uh, talking about Mathis and Darby and Quan Williams and the safeties even, want to give a shout out real quick. The you know, season's over. This guy, keep an eye out for him. He might be even the Broncos defensive coordinator next season. There's a reality where this happens. Uh, Christian Parker, you're listing all these defensive backs. He's been the defensive back coach now for multiple regimes in Denver. This will be upcoming his fifth year as a coach in the league. And he's one that from people I've spoken to very, very impressive and uh, an ascending star uh, in the league. He'll be a defensive coordinator here. If might even be next season, might not be in Denver. Also, they might, they could block him um, from going elsewhere because they think so highly of him. So keep an eye out for Christian Parker. Yeah, that would be cool. You always want to see like internal successes and growing from within. And uh, you see some of that here in Denver, even in some of the tough years. And you'll see that with the Chargers and the Jags uh, with Staley. And how about those reports about Uncle Vic, Grandpa Vic coming back if Sean Payton's the guy? I could see that happening. Crazier things have happened. You know, Wade Phillips came back as a coordinator, won a Super Bowl. I'm not saying that would happen, but um, reunion tours in the Denver Broncos are definitely, they go together. They're synonymous. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, uh, we got to start wrapping it up here. Obviously the news of the day, Jim Caldwell interviewed with the Broncos announced first by Josina Anderson. Uh, so shout out to her for the props. I want to give our reporters the props when they get those things out there. Had an interview with the Broncos two time NFL head coach uh, coached with the Colts after Tony Dungy walked away, did very well for them. Other than the Jim Sorgi Peyton Manning neck injury season fired after that, maybe not totally fair to him, but gone. Uh, then the offensive coordinator for that magical run with, uh, Joe Flacco, not so magical for Denver in 2012. And then the head hmm. coach, three of four winning seasons in Detroit in the Aaron Rodgers-led NFC North. So Jim Caldwell gets the interview. Um, interested in him, no doubt, uh, especially the staff that he might be able to bring in. Jerry Judy, AFC Offensive Player of the Week. God bless him for that. Great job. And also, of course, you have, uh, as we talked about, Patrick Sertan, first Broncos All-Pro. Do you know how long it's been since the Broncos have had an All-Pro, a first-team All-Pro? A first team all pro. Wow. Um, 2017. 2016. 2016 is the last time they did. And it was three players. It was three players in 2016. Hit me with it. All defense. Von, Von, Von Miller, of course. 
Vaughn's in there. That's number one. Uh, 2016, is Aqib Tlaib still on the team? Aqib Tlaib is there. TJ Ward? Uh, no, not TJ Ward. Across from well, Aqib Tlaib. Across from Aqib Tlaib. Chris Harris Jr. Yep, three first-team All-Pros wow. in the 2016 team. Last time the Broncos had a single first-team All-Pro. Uh, so glad to be back on that list, chip away. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, wow. I think the 49ers and the Chiefs had four players each on that first team all pro list, uh, but Broncos getting one Patrick Sutan is a damn good one. Yeah, we'll take it. We're not going to say no. And it's cool to be well represented. At least the pro bowl sounds like it's going to be interesting this year, Uh, a little bit different than it has been in the past. So that's thank God, (laughs) because you don't want to see guys get hurt in meaningless games or anything like that. And it'll be cool to see that the Broncos are represented and you guys have been awesome tonight, man. It's been rocking and rolling. Broncos country wants to know who their head coach is going to be. It's tough because it feels like it's taking forever but things are just getting started. The playoffs are just getting started. This is when things really heat up, and it feels like each day there's a new story about who was interviewed and what it was like. Was it virtual? Was it in person? You know, all these sorts of things. Maybe tomorrow morning we'll have a better idea of how Jim Caldwell did today. Yeah, 100%. We'll see what happens here, and we appreciate you guys coming and joining us. Michael Ronquillo coming in saying, great show tonight, Nick and Luke on Mile High Insiders. Thank you so much, Michael. We appreciate you coming in and supporting us like that. Shout out to everybody who came in and joined us today, contributed in the chat. Uh, We wish you could get to every single person on here, but you guys do a great job keeping it cordial and uh, contributing good thoughts on here as well. We also got My Dumb Movies, fellow Iowa Hawkeye fan, uh, saying thanks for the stream. Cheers. Cheers to you. My dumb movies, not my dumb football team, although been a little bit bummed at the portal as of late. Mike, Mark Linda Mode coming in saying goodnight, Broncos country. Thank you, Nick, Luke, and Scott. Thank you, Mark, for saying goodbye. We got Sting Guy saying goodnight, all. Good night to you, Sting Guy. We appreciate you. And uh, heck, appreciate the heck out of you guys. Hell no, says Son of Jacob. We're keeping it cordial, Son of Jacob. What's going on here? <laughs> um, make sure you guys are following Luke and I on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Patterson LP. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us while you're over on Twitter at MHI underscore pod, and of course, at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're joining us at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle, and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker is showing there underneath, if you're joining us on YouTube today, like most listeners are, please uh, subscribe to the channel, Mile High Huddle, uh, like the page, like the show, and share it on your social media platforms. I know Scott's been doing a good job cutting up bits, putting it on TikTok, whatever those kids are into these days. That TikTok algorithm is crazy, man. They think that I'm a hiking, tic- fishing you, psychopath. Do you TikTok? I downloaded it when I had Rona, and uh, then I've kind of put it away. I'm, Twitter has my soul, honestly. I'm on Twitter me, way too much. But. Me too. And now that I found out Facebook has those short clip videos, just random videos, I'm in that, like, before <laughs> I fall asleep, like, trying to find some nasty, crazy video to discuss my wife with before we go to sleep. But now I hear your social media. It's obviously just... It could be a good thing. It's mostly a bad thing, but be sure to follow us because that's always a good thing. Twitter at Mile High Huddle for the mothership. And thanks, Scott, for all of his hard work as well. Um, are you guys back tomorrow morning? Broncos for breakfast. Yeah, Broncos for breakfast. Tomorrow's Thursday. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow Ooh. morning. Talk a little bit more about the coaching search. Oh, one last thing. Gosh, before we get on out of here, Luke, I'm going to put you on the spot because uh, I've been asking everybody. I've given mine that you get to get a chance to update it with a new candidate. Seven to one your coaching candidates seven to one my coaching candidates so out of the people linked to the broncos okay i want sean payton jim harbaugh is this one to seven number one yeah one to seven can i do one to seven that's fine because it'd be easier that way right so we've got uh sean payton jim harbaugh dan quinn um d'amico ryan's is number seven so i'm at three I'm skipping. I'm skipping the board. I'm trying to trying to remember everything. You have Raheem Morris. He would probably be my number four guy. Some previous experience in there. Uh, Israel Evero. I don't think he's coming back. That's why I'll put him at five. And uh, Dan Quinn. I'm. You know, I'm not a Dan Quinn guy. I think he's a yeah. little close. Little close to Jerry right now for me. And I don't yeah. think he's going to be available. That's why I'm not a Dan Quinn guy. So I put him at six and D'Amico. Ryan's at seven. I know, crazy, right? Dan Quinn all the way that low, but I really don't think he's going to be available. I think Mike McCarthy's going to get fired when the Cowboys lose, and uh, the Cowboys are continue to remain in turmoil. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think uh, if the Cowboys do fire Mike McCarthy, Sean Payton, former offensive coordinator Ooh, there. It, I know. Does he have any bad blood with Jerry, though? Because things no. ended really, really horrible. 
No, I don't think so. I think no? that uh, he, I think if he wants to stay in LA, but the other team is the Cowboys. So we'll see. I appreciate you guys coming in. You guys have a great one. Luke and I will see you again next Wednesday night. I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. Hope everyone's had a good January so far. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.